Hey everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, April 9th, 2017. Kind of a boring week, right? I mean, not very much happened. I was yawning a lot through most of the week. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm completely kidding. This week was riveting. <laughs> From beginning to end. So let's start at the beginning. Nick goes to Paul and he tries to give Paul a heads up that he feels there's a little bit more to the cabin explosion than meets the eye. He doesn't want to give Paul too much information, though, and he certainly doesn't give Paul the evidence that he has, the tranquilizer gun, the wrench. I think it's in part that Nick doesn't want to tip off inside of the police department because Kevin works there, but also I, in general, just think that Nick is trying very hard to do all of this without Chelsea knowing about it. I think he wants, when all of this goes down and Chloe is caught, for Chelsea to have irrefutable evidence and the police to back it up. I don't think Nick wants to make a fool of himself in front of Chelsea any more than he feels that he already has. Paul suggests getting a confession out of Chloe or, or the person that Nick is suspecting. Of course, Nick doesn't name names, but Paul says, well, if you can get a confession from somebody, that would help. Yeah, <laughs> I should say so. Getting a confession would really help seal up the whole theory that Chloe killed Adam. So uh, Nick decides that it would be a really great idea to throw Chloe a bachelorette party. So he offers Chelsea under the guise of, hey, let's give Chloe one last blast of fun before her big wedding day tomorrow. We'll give her a bachelorette party. And Chelsea thinks, oh, what a great guy. This is so Nick, nice of Nick. But she doesn't realize that Nick is working with Sharon, of all people, to turn this bachelorette party into a drunken confession. He tells Sharon, you know what? You you help me set up this bachelorette party for 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 Chloe. You get her drunk. Start pouring the drinks. Make sure she is having a wild time, and then you leave the rest to me. Sharon does exactly that. Chloe gets absolutely wasted. She's throwing back the what was it, bachelorette teenies or something crazy, some crazy drink that Nick creates extra strong in the alcohol department especially for this occasion. And Sharon lures her back, which is kind of creepy, but lures her into the back room of the underground, the back office, saying, here, just lie on the couch for a while. Sleep it off. You're a little boozy. You're a little woozy. And as soon as Sharon leaves the room, Nick comes in and he starts to not so subtly question her. Um, Nick was really creepy <laughs> in that interrogation scene. There were a lot of close-up shots of him and of Chloe. He is trying to dance around the issue, talk around the issue of Adam. He first pulls out the tranquilizer gun, which he knows Chloe is going to recognize, and he wants to see if 
she's going to have a reaction to it, if she's just going to happen to confess. But he, the way he, he pulled the gun out of the, the, the drawer and he's handling it and he's, he's just talking like he's Clint Eastwood or something. Yeah, you ever seen one of these tranquilizer guns? You ever see anything like it? Like, it's just, there was, there was something about him. It was, it was extra raw. He was laying it on extra thick and extra creepy. And Chloe is aware just enough. She has her druthers just enough to realize what's going on, that Nick is trying to trick her into a confession. He's bringing up Adam's name and she's doing the best she can to to dodge his questions and to give reasonable explanations despite the fact that she's drunk but she also understands that something is up she sees that gun she knows it's hers so she fakes passing out on the couch just as Nick thinks he's about to get a confession or just as Nick is ready to lay out the fact that he knows she killed Adam. So she falls asleep and that whole plan is absolutely dashed. Nick was about this close or so he thinks. The next morning, Chloe wakes up in bed. She's a little hungover, and she's trying to remember everything that just happened and talking to Chelsea about it. And it's it's so interesting how Chloe has processed all of this. She is so close to the fire at this point. Not only has she killed Adam in her mind, but she now has to know that Nick knows and has the evidence that she tries to dispose of, yet she's still remaining really calm and feeling really justified, it seems. It's just, it's a bizarre window into Chloe's mind to me at this moment that she's still sort of moving forward. <laughs> you know, we're just going to do what we're going to do. We're going to get married and then we're going to go to Tahiti and everything's going to be fine. Uh, and she has at least the, the sense about her to try to continue to spin it when it comes to Chelsea, because Chelsea comes in with her, they're having kind of a, 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 a wedding day girls moment in her bedroom, and Chelsea says, yeah, you were pretty drunk last night, and Chloe starts saying that, that you know, Nick was questioning her and playing the innocent act, and Chelsea knows that Nick has been suspicious of Chloe. She puts two and two together, realizing that Nick was trying to talk Chloe into a confession. Chelsea kind of walked in on it at the very end, and she's ticked off at Nick. She has asked Nick to stop pursuing this. Chloe is her best friend, unquestionably. She absolutely does not want to believe, although I think in some corner of her mind, she always has known it's suspicious. She doesn't want to believe that Chloe would betray her so deeply and that she would do something such as murder the, the, the her husband, the father of her child, in cold blood. I think that that Chelsea has a disconnect from from that reality in a similar way that that Chloe does. I think Chloe has kind of disconnected from the reality of what she has done, and she's just 
accepted the lie as truth and that's what has allowed her to move forward with it and in a way Chelsea's kind of doing the same thing but she's absolutely furious with Nick for doing this she goes to the underground she confronts Nick tells him to drop it and in fact it, it that confrontation between them seemed like an end of their relationship she was so mad at him she told him do not come to this wedding. I don't want you anywhere near this wedding or me or Chloe. You, I've asked you to stop doing this. You didn't do it. You need to back off. Nick felt like such a jerk. He knows that he's right and he wants to get answers without having to drag Chelsea through the mud. He wants, I think, the truth for her, but he also wants to try to harbor her from the pain as much as he can. Well, Chelsea runs back to the the mansion to help Chloe get ready for her big day. And she's made her this beautiful dress. She is looking around uh, in in some some dra- some drawers uh, in in the in the bedroom to try to find a bobby pin. So she pulls open the this dresser drawer and starts leafing through some scarfs and things. And she gets really deep into the back of the drawer looking for a bobby pin and she pulls out these this she's like it's like scarves and and negligees and and delicate items and she pulls out this pair of black leather gloves from the very back that's sort of you know i guess no big deal random pair of black leather gloves uh and she sets those aside digs further into the back corners of chloe's drawer and what does she find adam's wedding ring I could not believe the moment. That was incredible. Chelsea knows without a doubt that is my husband's wedding ring. I put that on his finger on our wedding day. There's no reasonable excuse why it should be in that drawer. In that moment, the second Chelsea laid eyes on that wedding ring, it was over for Chloe. She knew immediately. I, I, I was I was relieved, I suppose, that Chelsea was the one who, or that Chelsea found something on her own that would corroborate corroborate the story uh, that, that Chloe killed Adam. Yet at the same time, it really kind of blows a hole in my theory that Adam is still alive. <laughs> I want so badly. I, I imagine I'm clinging to this idea. I, I, I just refuse to believe that he's actually dead, but I can't think of another excuse why Chloe would have that wedding ring. It seems that she would have slipped it off his finger before blowing up the cabin and blowing him to smithereens. The there's, I suppose, a chance that he would have escaped. I don't know. I, but the second also that we saw Chelsea finding the ring, I thought to myself, why would she keep that? That is such a psychotic little token to keep. She got rid of the 
tranquilizer gun. She got rid of the wrench for crying out loud. Nobody would even suspect a wrench. Yet she went to the trouble of throwing that away and she would keep his wedding ring. That is sick and psychotic. Like, like it, like it was a trophy from, you know, from, from, from a big game hunt as if, as if, uh, you know, as if she, if she could have gotten her way, she probably would have cut off his head and had it stuck to a plaque and put on her wall so that she could, you know, this is, she could see that and remember how she took down Adam Newman for the rest of her days. It was just, it was such a, a it was such a, a relief and also just an incredibly kind of sick moment to, to really let it sink in uh, on, on, you know, why Chloe would keep that ring. Well, Chelsea's got that ring in her hand <laughs> when Chloe comes back into the room and she is uh, happy. This is her wedding day. It's it's it, it once again. It's shocking to me how disconnected from reality Chloe is. She should be sweating bullets, but she's just going on. Hmm, oh, this is my wedding day. I'm so happy. I'm gonna put on my dress. She does. She looks stunning in the dress. By the way, she go. She puts on her. Her, her little white spider web looking dress looking like a white widow <laughs> I, I loved the dress I thought that was it was uh, really interesting and uh, appropriate it's kind of funny Gary had left me a voice message and also had equated it to a looking like a spider web dress and a, a, a tiny little line that uh, that Chelsea had said actually a little bit later in the story uh, saying something to the effective I wanted to create a dress that really fit you and I you know I I hadn't honed in on specifically that line but when I I thought about it it is so very true um Chloe is someone who has spun this web of lies and here she is wearing a dress that was made by the the wife of the man that she murdered in cold blood she couldn't have looked more fabulous in it though I mean I absolutely love it that's gonna be part at least in part of our 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 ribbon or raspberries for the week I've got a photo up there of Chloe's white spiderweb wedding dress and also her uh bachelorette party dress Uh, I'm gonna let you guys tell me what you think of that and I'll let you know uh if, if if I'm gonna how I'm gonna award Chloe's wedding fashion for the week uh it was interesting to say the least um Chelsea though is is seething she's looking at Chloe trying to I think let it sink in little by little and and, and to watch Chloe continue to be so happy in the marriage she's about to have while she stole happiness from Chelsea and the way that Chloe has justified it. So I, I it was interesting to me that Chloe or excuse me that Chelsea didn't immediately confront Chelsea. She she kind of sat back and watched Chloe for a minute and then of course Esther and Bella come into the room and they have a, a moment with Chloe where they are just basking in the glory and joy of the moment. Uh, Esther's happy that her daughter's finally marrying the man 
one that that I think Esther would have probably picked for her. And then there's little Bella. Kevin is planning to adopt her. They're going to become a family and they're doing the whole something borrowed blue thing while Chelsea is just crying, looking off in the window, out the window, crying in the background and and listening to all of this joy going on and and Chloe heaping love and affection on her saying you're my best friend you've been with me through all of this I think that Chelsea didn't want to blow up everything right in front of Bella and Esther and I think that's why she didn't say anything in that moment she didn't exactly have the opportunity because Esther says you know it's getting kind of late maybe it's time for the wedding Esther kind of whisks Chloe out the door to start the ceremony before Chelsea really even has a chance to say anything I was perfectly happy with that though because I was just hoping and praying that this whole thing was gonna blow up in front of everyone and it did <laughs> so okay so we get to this is so much fun we get to the ceremony and everyone is gathered downstairs I mean Mariah's there with Devon of course we have Lauren and Michael for Kevin and um uh and it's it's let's see I can't think of who else was there but it was um a chancellor gonna be a chancellor wedding affair we had rose petals on the floor as Chelsea first comes down the stairs <laughs> she comes comes down as as the maid of honor takes her place off on Chloe's side of the altar um by the way father Todd there officiating I don't want to forget to say that uh, father Todd looking more and more like Murphy these days <laughs> I, I honestly had a brief moment where there was so much going on and I, I opened my eyes I was like Murphy no 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 that's father Todd but uh so Chelsea's taking her side. Uh, Kevin is standing at the altar. He is looking so in love and so sincere. Like, this is the happiest day of Kevin's life. Gloria, by the way, looks like she's going to a funeral. <laughs> that too, I forgot. Gloria literally looked like she could have been dressed for a funeral, and her, pers her personality was, was matching. She actually came into the mansion and whispered to Kevin, I left the car running. <laughs> Uh, she just knew you got I mean it's true Gloria believed that Chloe was gonna hurt Kevin and it ends up coming true so you got to give her that uh, so we've got everyone gathered Chelsea standing off to the side Chloe comes down the stairs she looks upon all of her friends and family looks upon the the face of the man she's gonna spend the rest of her life with she is glowing she's happy in her mind this is the world being right again after everything that has happened to her this is everything coming together this is finally her dream come true she walks to the altar she and Kevin are in love saying their vows it gets to the point <laughs> where father Todd asks for the rings <laughs> oh, Chloe this is so good turns around 
for Chelsea to hand her the ring that she's going to put on Kevin's finger. Only Chelsea doesn't hand her Kevin's wedding ring. Chelsea hands her Adam's wedding ring. And the look on Chelsea's face when she places that ring in Chloe's hand. It was disgust. It was, it was disgust trying to be masked as love. I swear, if you can go back and just watch that moment, I watched it about three times just because I wanted to really zero in on the, the disdain on Chelsea's face when she placed Adam's ring in Chloe's finger only to have, or on her, in her palm of her hand, only to have Chloe turn around, go to put that ring on Kevin's finger and realize exactly what it was. O-M-G. <laughs> wowie, wowie, wowie. Uh, Chloe takes one look at that ring and knows exactly what it is. Knows exactly who gave it to her. Knows what the score is exactly right now. She drops the ring on the floor, realizing that uh, it's almost like a, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. She's not connected to reality, I don't think. And now all of a sudden, reality is cr crushing down on her. She runs upstairs. She just runs away. I can't handle it. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. She runs upstairs. Everyone at the ceremony is thinking, what's happening? They were just getting married. They just said their vows. What's going on? And of course, Kevin wants to go run upstairs after her. Everybody's wondering, is Chloe okay? And Chelsea stops him. Isn't it interesting to you that Chelsea didn't say, yeah, that Chloe killed Adam or, you know, I mean, Chelsea didn't blow it up right then and there. She actually saves Kevin. She says to him, she's probably just having a moment. It's fine. Chelsea knows exactly what's going on. And she says to Kevin, she's, Chloe's probably just having a moment. I'll go check on her. I thought that was a little bit of a kind of a, um, a, a humanizing moment there for Chelsea in, in that she didn't want Kevin's world to be destroyed, even though it's going to be. All of her rage and her reason for 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 breaking this up and for for giving Chloe the the ring is to have a revenge on Chloe to get a beat on what you know Chloe's reaction. But she wasn't trying to hurt Kevin or hurt Bella or hurt any of the other people there. So she stops Kevin. She follows. Uh, uh, Chloe up the stairs and they have an epic confrontation that it was just so amazing after all of this time and I know the fans have been waiting this waiting for this for so long of, of Chloe being there for Chelsea under the guise of a, of a very best friend and oh you know having wine and together at night and 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 tucking Connor into bed Chloe has been intimately involved in Chelsea's life. She's been in her home. Chelsea has, has re-embraced Chloe into her life. And we as the audience, as the fans, have known this entire time that there's this thread of, 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 of lie, and not only lie, but murder. <laughs> 
behind uh, or, or, or weaved into the relationship. And Chelsea is just now finally realizing it, Chloe tries to deny it, of course, but Chelsea keeps pushing her against the wall and saying, you're, you're going to try to deny this right now? No, there's no way out of this for you, Chloe. The only thing that you can do right now is to confess to me. Talk to me. I, 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 I know what you did. You blew up the cabin. You murdered my husband. And on top of it all, the interest thing that Chelsea said in that scene to me was you made us watch you wanted us to watch you you murdered my husband and you also set up the timing so that I would see the cabin blow up you you wanted me to see the moment when my husband died like I never thought of it that way and I don't think that's how Chloe was thinking of it at the time at all. I think she wanted it to be believable to Chelsea. But it is so sick and horrifying from Chelsea's point of view thinking about that now. And Chelsea just needles her, needles her, says, I need you to admit it. I want you to admit what you did. And she finally does. Chloe finally does admit to murdering Adam. I, I mean, she just breaks down and says that she did it. But of course, she has all of her rationale that, that spews out along with it. And I will say, I feel like the past several weeks uh, of building toward this storyline have not done a particularly good job of reminding us why Chloe did this. It really wasn't until the confession moment where she's talking to Chelsea and saying why she did what she did that I felt that Chloe became very humanized for me. It was the first time in a while that I really reconnected with why Chloe hated Adam, why Chloe wanted Adam dead. I, in this moment where she's in tears, finally confessing, began to remember what this woman has been through, where she's coming from, why she did what she did. She says, I, I mean, Adam killed he killed her child. I know that we as fans, and, and me included, have never wanted to accept that that was the reality of what happened to Delia and why in our made the mistake of dancing around it and you know trying to throw in other red herrings of other people who could have done it. But they, the, if, if we take everything at face value, Adam ran over Delia on the side of the road, which is which in and of itself is not the crime, but he covered it up. He covered it up, and then he took her corneas for his child. I mean, it was such a gruesome storyline that I wish never would have happened. We wouldn't have had this moment without it, but it, it, it was it was horrifying. And even the, as an Adam fan who wants to believe the best of Adam, that was a monumental, horribly, horrible thing to do. I mean, it, it, it it's like evil. It really is. And from Chloe's perspective, I was glad that YNR reminded us finally that that's, that's why Chloe did what she did. Because Adam murdered her, her little, her little child. I mean, you think, she, she, and she says to, to Chelsea, 
I needed him to die. I need he, I needed to see him suffer. And as far as I'm concerned, he got what he deserved. And it's it's a story that we've read before. I mean, you've heard of parents who, uh, you know, like um, someone has molested their child or or killed their child or or you know something, and they end up taking justice into their own hands and they murder the murderer or they you know they murder the 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 criminal. We've seen that in the news. It's not an unoriginal story, and I think that or it's not a you know a completely original story. We've seen it before happening in reality and as a new mom I kind of feel like I can relate to that uh, better I mean I'm 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 not sure that I would kill anyone but I don't know I haven't been through it I can't imagine knowing that someone you know murdered my child and and tried to cover it up I can understand in this moment where Chloe is coming from uh the but she also has this element of no that, that it's driven her crazy that 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 what happened to her daughter on top of knowing that Adam did it got away with it and that she murdered him as as revenge has driven her crazy so Chloe has in response to Chelsea rationalized it as all being a favor for Chelsea in a way. I mean, Chloe goes on to say, like, Adam made you unhappy. He made me unhappy. He made everyone in his life unhappy. And without Adam, we're all happier. (laughs) Chloe's only sorry that she is not getting away with it anymore. In her mind, eliminating Adam Newman has meant making the world a better place. And that's not how Chelsea feels. Chelsea was with Adam through a lot of this. She knows how Delia's situation, the situation with Delia weighed on him. She understands the Adam side of the story and she doesn't see this as some big favor to her. Chelsea lunges at Chloe. I mean she smacks her first. First of all it was a big old smack across the face and then she lunges at her and that and that was the end of what was it Thursday's episode I want to say. It was so good. I mean the confrontation between the women was so good. It needed to happen. I I, I like that we uh, we've been understanding Chelsea's point of view and the the betrayal uh, Chloe's betrayal has really been worked in quite a lot over these past couple weeks. It was just, to me, it was a moment that sunk in uh, of, of Chloe's betrayal. And I, I don't think that it deserves to be forgotten. I, I think the fans, of course, have been very mad at Chloe and we've been wanting Chloe to pay for what she did to Adam. But we also can't forget what she's been through, too. So, the next thing we know, I guess the op- the opener of Friday's show was Chelsea having been knocked out 
<laughs> on the floor and Chloe nowhere to be found. She, in fact, the next couple scenes are Chloe driving away in her car. So this also speaks to Chloe's frame of mind. She's, she's not just crazy in the past and everything that happened with Adam sort of fixed that. She's kind of crazy in the current too. <laughs> she, she knocks Chelsea over the head with a lamp and escapes. So she's desperate on top of it all. She has to get away with this. She is not going to let Adam Newman take one more thing away from her. So she bolts. Um, Father Todd and Kevin rush into the room to, to, to find Chelsea, make sure that she's okay. And Chelsea is no more Mrs. Nice Girl. She is ready to spill the beans about everything. We look over on uh, the desk and there's a letter that Chloe has left for Kevin. I I really feel so terrible for him. I almost wish YNR would have played it up a little bit more. Uh, uh, how this is... Kevin getting his heart broken all over again. He opens up the letter, reads it, and it's once again Chloe telling him, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I got a problem. I did bad. <laughs> I did bad. I made a mess and I don't want to drag you into it. So I'm gone again. This is his nightmare repeated on a cycle when it comes to this girl. Uh, she says also, that she wants to make sure that Bella goes to Esther, that Bella stays with Esther. So I'm leaving you, Kevin. I'm also going to take away from you the the girl that you were wanting to adopt. I, I, I see this is the, another reason why I feel like I wouldn't have, although I understand Chloe's position on Adam, I, I wouldn't have killed him because... I'm not crazy, and I have an understanding that there are consequences for all actions. You can kill Adam Newman. You can blow him to pieces all day long, but what you're really doing by killing Adam is taking a unnecessary chance that you're going to have to abandon your other daughter. You're going to have to abandon Bella now. She had Bella when she killed Adam, so she didn't consider that consequence. Failure was never an option for her. Killing Adam was just something that Chloe had to do. It was a task that she had to complete, and she completed it. And it didn't matter anything that was going on in the periphery. It didn't matter that Kevin was going to get caught in these crosshairs. It didn't matter that Bella was... I mean, at, you know, best case scenario, gonna go to another family member and and electively, she could have got the child ripped away from her at any point along this journey. Um, it's just that whole piece of it is what to me confirms that uh, that Chloe is still insane, that she is not well. <laughs> Obviously, I suppose. Um, it, it also, just on a Kevin note, is a little bit curious to me that she never sought his help with this. Um, she was very into and even aroused by the fact that Kevin had become a good guy, that he was no longer someone who she could consider a cohort. 
but and maybe that's why she didn't confide in him but knowing how much Kevin loves Chloe I would not have been in the least bit surprised surprised if she would have told him that the heat was on and what she had done with Adam and that it was coming back to haunt her I wouldn't have ruled it out if Kevin would have helped her cover it up I mean do you guys think that Kevin would have lied for Chloe if he knew what she had done would he have helped her cover up the evidence I think that would have been an interesting story to tell because we're sort of seeing this revised Kevin Fisher this good guy working on the good side of the law would he have got into the inside of the police department and helped get rid of evidence I tell you what there was a moment where he was holding Adam's wedding ring and he, he put it in his pocket after all of this had gone down uh Chelsea comes 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 down and tells everybody what happened of course nobody wants to believe it except for the people who do <laughs> Gloria can believe it Mariah can believe it but everybody else is having a hard time accepting that Chloe would kill Adam especially Esther and especially Kevin and there's a moment where Kevin is holding Adam's ring he puts it in his pocket and I thought to myself is he going to snatch that uh, that evidence away. Chelsea had to ask for the ring back, which was smart because I really thought, oh my gosh, he could just make all of this go away for for Chloe. And I don't know if the actress is staying on the show or not. I have I have no clue. But I wonder if she is. I mean, Kevin could make he could still make all of the evidence against Chloe disappear and or if Chloe is apprehended I mean Paul got called in he was already hip to the idea that th there was more to the Adam story and now all of a sudden we've got some evidence uh, Father Todd calls Paul he comes in he's investigating there's an APB out on Chloe they're all looking for her if she does get caught she would certainly have a very good um, defense I'm sure that Michael could be her attorney he could defend her um, I mean any of the evidence that Nick has has been tainted it's I mean they've even mentioned that in last week's show Nick didn't just turn this matter over to the police he went and found the evidence on his own the chain of 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 um, what do they call it chain of possession or something on the evidence uh, has been tampered so ultimately Chloe never confessed to it they really kind of have some flimsy evidence when it gets right down to it. I think that Michael could probably give her one hell of a defense, get her off the hook, and Scott could cover the whole thing for the GC Times. Sharon is Nick's confidant and his sidekick through all of this investigation. He's not able to talk to it to to Chelsea about it, but he is able to talk to Sharon. Um, I, I'm sure that YNR is setting up this triangle, no doubt. Uh, but Sharon does a really good job of knowing Nicholas, of guiding Nicholas, of convincing him to go to Chelsea. He's been unceremoniously kicked out of the wedding but Sharon says you need to go to her you need to try to patch it up and he does uh, he tries anyway on his way uh, to to go to the mansion to the wedding to talk to Chelsea he realizes that the tracker device 
that he put on Chloe's car last week is still active and that Chloe is not where she should be on her wedding day. She's driving around town when she should be at the altar with Kevin. So Nick finds this a little bit suspicious. So he follows her rather than going to Chelsea. He follows this lead and the lead takes him to a tarmac where a plane is fueled up and where he He's meeting with who? She's meeting with who? <laughs> All roads lead back to Victor Newman, do they not? <laughs> Every single road. So Chloe is on the tarmac waiting for Victor to be there. He, we see him walking out of the mist. <laughs> what Nick is going to do at this point. Um, he's off in the distance kind of looking at them uh, and he's going to follow them into a next week from the previews. He's going to follow them into a room where they're going to be talking and probably telling the whole story. I mean, Nick's going to get an earful. He's probably going to be able to piece together exactly what happened, exactly what Victor's role in all of this was. I don't know if Nick's going to pop out of the shadows and confront them. I don't know if he is going to go to the police. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that Nick has ratted on Victor to the police. And Nick is taking this issue very, very seriously. Adam was his brother. He is now, he is feeling very connected to his brother, especially from uh, the, the last moments that he had with him in the, in the jail where Adam asked him to look over Connor. And I think Nick took that all very, very seriously. His relationship with Connor, with Chelsea, and and, uh, and having a sense of Adam actually being his brother, he wants justice for him. And so I think he might very well go to the police or I, he might just go to Chelsea. I'm not sure. I, I can't see Nick keeping quiet about Victor's involvement just because it's Victor. Uh, now, Chloe, in her initial meeting with Victor, lies to him. And she says, oh, I need help. Chelsea has found the evidence of the, of, of the framing. Chelsea knows that we worked together or that I worked to frame Adam for Constance's murder. And it's, it's only a matter of time until she figures out that you were involved in it. So I need you to help me get out of the country. That's Chloe's story. Uh, it's uh, very plausible. It's very smart. You know, you got to say, Chloe has done a good job of going toe to toe when it comes to manipulation and lies with the king of manipulation and lies, Victor Newman. Uh, Victor wouldn't even find out that Chloe was telling him a lie until she was safely out of the country and he helped her do it. So um, Victor is being played a little bit here. Um, and I assume, you know, if, if Chloe's plan works and she is able to get on the plane and jet set away. Uh, Victor's going to realize later that that he said that she played him. I am assuming that the rest of the world is going to find out what the actual truth is about Chloe as soon as Scott finds out. That's the other person, the other player in all of this who is not going to keep quiet for the sake of keeping quiet. Ugh. <sighs> 
Victor's gonna go down for this. Here's yet another romantic dinner that Victor and Nikki will never have. The man was playing, he was planning a, a, a candlelight dinner with all, with, with beautiful spread of food, beautiful gowns being brought in with some jewelry for Nikki. It was gonna be a romantic affair. We had a flashback and now it's all gonna be dashed. It's never ever gonna happen. Um, you know, I think, though, that we are setting up the redemption of Victor. I don't know if Chloe's going to end up being redeemed, but I can see it being, I can see everything kind of headed toward Victor being redeemed. Um, we had an interview with, uh, between Scott and Victor this week where Victor talked at length about his relationship with Adam. And it, it, what struck me from that conversation was the difference between Victor and Chloe. What, even though they worked together to to set Adam up for murder. Uh, Victor did not want Adam to die. And, you know, the, the thing is, I think that what sets Victor apart from Chloe is the fact that he has regret about it. Chloe uh, is, is keeping trophies from her kill, whereas Victor feels nothing but regret about it. And it read on his face. It read in his words. And I think that what we're going to see at the end of this is Victor admitting what he did and asking for forgiveness and possibly confessing that this is one of the things that he is most ashamed of and uh and I I think I think that's the the road that we're gonna see um I just it feels like a new day a new a little bit of a new victor and I I, I wonder if um if we're gonna see him redeemed at the end of it um I have to say another thing about Scott. Uh, he he's so square. <laughs> he is Mr. Morality Journalism and it's kind of annoying. When we were at the Chancellor Mansion and Mariah and Devon were watching this whole thing go down, Mariah says she kind of wants to stick around the mansion to maybe get an idea of what this story is for GC Buzz, considering she's the co-host and she thinks she wants to try to get out in front of the story and maybe do some spin, considering she's a friend of Kevin's and the world is going to find out about it anyway. And would you rather have someone like Hillary breaking the story and making it as salacious as possible? Or would you rather have a friend of Kevin's like Mike Mariah telling the story in a respectful way? And I, I think it was totally wrong of Mariah to even be thinking about the news in this moment. I was disappointed in her. Um, and it, I mean, even though I think she was coming from a good place, it felt, it just, it felt a little parasitic that that would even cross her mind that she wanted to stick around to get the story, not to be there for Kevin. I didn't like that. But at the same time, I was annoyed that Scott came up to her and gave her a, a lecture on good journalism. Like, how could, what, how could you even consider writing this story? Do you have facts? Do you have sources? Do you know how much damage? I don't know. Like, there was just something about him that came off so high and mighty and it bugged me. I'm just not feeling Scott right now. There was a, um, 
feature article on him in the current issue of Soaps in Depth. And he said that the writers are intentionally trying to make him very real and very relatable. He's supposed to be a, you know, a, 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 a guy from the real world plopped into some of these more bizarre situations. And I guess that could work if he had some personality. I, I think Weiner's dropping the ball a little bit on Scott. I'm just not feeling much from him. He, he just, he's there and he's saying lines, but I'm not connecting with him at all. I don't know if you guys are feeling that way too. Um, I don't think that he is going to be as quick to defend Victor as he was to defend Chloe. It seems like Scott is interested in Chloe's side of the story, um, but I don't think he is going to pull any punches when it comes to to Victor. And I and 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 on that note, I don't know what becomes of Chloe. I can kind of envision what might happen to Victor, but I don't know what happens to Chloe in all of this. In that same issue of Soaps in Depth, they did talk about the daytime confidential report that the actress is leaving the show. But once again, I will say that's the only report that I've seen that the actress is leaving the show and it hasn't been confirmed by her or confirmed by the show in any way. So I'm not sure. I mean, I guess I don't know if maybe the writing's on the wall and I'm just not wanting to believe it, but it's it just seems to me that it would be a big miss if Lionar got rid of the actress right now. And I wonder if I'm the only one that feels that way. That's our topic for the poll for this week. Would you like to continue to see the character of Chloe? YRChat.com. I want to see votes on how you feel about keeping Chloe around in Genoa City. And I'd love to get your comments on how you feel that this actress fits with the show. Is she someone who is expendable? Are you mad enough at her for what happened with Adam to want to never see her again? Lock her up, throw away the key? Or do you think that she adds value to the show? Would you like to continue to watch the journey of this character? I mean, maybe the right is on the wall because I have did have that sort of revelation that we were getting a 2D um, vision of the character of Chloe right up until that final confrontation with Chelsea. It didn't feel like they were showing us who she is and why she did what she did. It felt like they were just showing us this unstable, crazy character who was deceiving Chelsea. And there really was more to the story that didn't feel addressed in retrospect now that I think about it. So maybe that's their way of just being like, eh, who cares? We'll write her off. Um, but I, I really hope not. I would be disappointed if Chloe is gone from the show. I think that she's she's a spunky gal. Uh, I think she's a, she's a good fit. Um, and she's contrary controversial. She, um, you know, I'd rather have somebody on the show who's, if they're going to do some, let somebody be crazy and controversial, I'd rather it be Chloe than Sharon for a change. Uh, and plus, I, plus, plus, on top of all of this, we still have the paternity secret to get to. When are we going to get to that big revelation? When is that story going to have its day? Or is it? Is it even going to have its day? I have no idea. I wonder if if Chloe gets away, or I don't know, if she's brought to justice, whatever happens to Chloe, I wonder if her absence from Bella's life will end up prompting 
Kevin to ask questions about who Bella's father is, or maybe even Esther. Maybe if Chloe is gone from the scene, so the, the, you know, the, the family members of Bella will start to think that she has a right to know her father. If she can't have her mother involved in her life, that her father should uh, should should be involved in her life. That's certainly a possibility. Um, and and I wonder I wonder where that path is going to lead because we all kind of know and expect that Bella uh, would be Billy's child. But I think it would be an interesting twist if the if Kevin went searching for uh, for Bella's father only to find the trail leading to himself. I don't know why Chloe would marry him and want him to adopt uh, her and not tell him that he is the father, except if she didn't want to admit that she had lied to him about it in the first place. I don't know. I, I think we've seen that Chloe has a cognitive dissonance. She 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 just she's she uh, creates one thin little line of rationale and she follows it, and nothing else. And nothing else exists outside of that. So I, I don't know uh, who the father of Bella is going to be. I don't know if YNR is going to address it or if they're, if that mystery is just going to be painted into the background forever. I mean, it needs to come out. It is so wrong to keep paternity secrets, <coughs> Chelsea. <coughs> Billy returns from his hockey league trip victorious. He has sealed the deal. Brash and Sassy and the hockey league are going to be working together to bring men's cosmetics to sports fans. <laughs> well done. It's a well done tie-in. Uh, Billy is the hero. He's proven himself now to be a competent business guy on top of being a good father and a, and a potential good mate for Victoria. So now that he's back, it's time to address the kiss that he and Victoria shared right before he left for his trip. Victoria doesn't want to think about it. Billy can't stop thinking about it. He's been thinking about it the entire time. He wants to talk about it. He wants to know where it's going. But Victoria isn't really giving him anything. She's not wanting to commit to him in any way, shape, or form. He does manage to get her to leave work for a little bit to celebrate the deal going down and play hooky for a day with the kids. They go to the arcade. It's clear that YNR is trying to recapture some of this Billy and Victoria magic for us. The problem for me was that awkward moment in the elevator with Phyllis. Billy and Victoria are on their way out. Phyllis happens to be in the elevator too and it was stuffy in that elevator. It was a little uncomfortable in that elevator. Um, everybody in that elevator has slept with Billy. <laughs> Um, and, you know, Billy and Victoria get off and they go off to their little fun date with their family. But Phyllis is left alone. She dodges out. She doesn't even get off at the same floor as them. She says, oh, no, actually, I have to go back up. Like, she doesn't want to be anywhere near those two and their happiness. I think she's happy for Billy uh, that he's reuniting her family. But she's lonely deep down. And I, I, felt, I felt bad for her. There was a follow-up moment later in the week where she's at the coffee house 
she's obviously lonely and she sees Billy coming in and she's saying to herself, please don't come over here. Please don't come over here. Please don't come over here. But she's stuck remembering the the last person who she had con, you know had had really kind of connected with she and billy had passionate affair and she i was kind of glad to see her remembering one of their particular nights together because it's telling me that all is not forgotten when it comes to that relationship it's it's another one of those storylines that was really big and really powerful and really scandalous and then the ball just got dropped and it just got tossed away and I wonder if this is our new writers and our new you know our our new um, producer at at YNR deciding to bring back a story that kind of got dropped away Um, like I I would hate for the Billy and Phyllis affair to be completely forgotten and for it to be for not I mean, at the end of the day, Billy and Phyllis's affair broke up my Phyllis and Jack, and I've always been a Phyllis and Jack fan, and not only that, it destroyed the brothers' relationship. All of that was for nothing. Billy and Phyllis wanted to be together. They were planning on telling Jack. It's like, And then it just, it felt like it just disappeared into the mist and never really made any sense to me. So I was glad to see that Phyllis is still thinking about him uh, and that and that YNR is giving us a little bit more to chew on it when it comes to those two. I honestly would really like to see Billy and Phyllis back together or a triangle at the very least. Something other than just Billy and Victoria fitting back uh, in a perfect little puzzle. But once again, if that happens, then it probably means breaking Victoria's heart again and her trust. Last week's poll question was, did Kane really sleep with Juliet? There, it felt like it came out of nowhere. We've all been a little suspicious of Juliet. So I wanted to get a beat on what you guys were thinking about these two. 64% of you said, no way. Kane did not sleep with Juliet. It didn't happen. She she set it up. Um, And then we also had 30% of you saying, yes, I think they did sleep together, but she must have drugged him or something. And then only 7% said, said, yeah, Kane just messed up. He just slept with her. He screwed up. Um, You know, gosh, I feel like I have (laughs) flip-flopped on this uh, answer uh, or throughout the week because initially I vote, I think I voted that he didn't sleep with her at all. It just didn't make sense, uh, and it felt like he, just something was wrong there. T- uh, T. Nicole left a comment on this post that I think summed it up and and, and made some sense to me here. Um, she says, I may be making a stretch, but we only saw in the flashbacks of Kane and Juliet them kissing and then asleep in the bed together. Juliet could still have made it look like they slept together. And I think that is very 
very possible. It's certainly possible that Juliet just set the stage. It's also possible that she is just, she just happens to be wrong. Maybe she thinks they slept together and they didn't. I don't know. Stranger, stranger things have happened. I mean, women have had babies and not remembered it. <laughs> so I could, you know, I could think maybe Juliet, I could take the leap to think maybe she was, uh, she was wrong uh, but about it. But uh, I mean, then, you know, there's also me thinking maybe, maybe Kane, you know, maybe, maybe she drugged him. Maybe Kane was, was so enthusiastic about having all those sake shots and about having the, the deal that maybe she did do something just completely nefarious. I mean, I look at her and I'm suspicious of her. I think she could possibly be up to something. But then I also started kind of second guessing myself throughout the week, thinking maybe Kane just did it. Maybe he just slept with her and screwed up, and that's what it is. I mean, I, I, there was a scene where she has accepted the brash and sassy job. She's talking to Kane about it, and they're now having to come to terms with the fact that they are going to be working together and that it's awkward, and Juliet doesn't want it to be awkward. And she says to Kane, you know, I wanted this job. I It's a good opportunity for me. I'm, I'm taking it. Uh, on top of it all, I'm going to be working with your wife, Lily. I like Lily, she seems nice. So am I. You know, I'm a nice girl too. Like, you know, this all happened. I'm sorry that it's, you know, that this rocked your world. That that wasn't my intention. Like, I don't normally do stuff like this. It it happened. It just did, Kane, and now you have to deal with the consequence. And there was just something that seemed sort of sincere in her argument. And maybe it's just me, but I all of a sudden thought, maybe I misjudged her. I don't know. Maybe it's when she said she was a nice girl. I want to believe. <laughs> I want to believe the best of people. Last week I was all suspicious, but now I just, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, honestly, she hasn't really done anything that makes me think, that, that, that would confirm to me that she would Kane, frame Kane, or that she has framed Kane, or that she took advantage of him in any way. She didn't ultimately get the job she wanted, and she didn't seem to belabor it. She took a lesser position, in fact. I mean, it has growth potential, of course. I don't know. Maybe she's gonna, maybe she's so hungry for the position that she thinks she's gonna de-seat him now. She's gonna take his job, and she may very well but that doesn't mean that she would have set him up for uh, for sex or that she had anything nefarious. I don't know. Now I'm flip-flopping. You know me. Week by week, I change my opinion. But ultimately, I realized that I'm basing my view of Juliet solely on my feelings for Kane and that I also really like Kane and I want to believe the best of Kane. But it's not like he hasn't done a few horrendous things in his day, i.e. pretending to be Jill's dead son, passing off his life as if, uh, 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 passing himself off as if he was Jill's dead son who really didn't end up to be dead, but it didn't end up being dead. But I mean, come on. It's not like Cain is an angel either.
Way to go, GC Buzz, for covering opera, the the opera, and uh, and and the who's who of Genoa City and who who was dating at the opera. How come how come there wasn't an expose on on uh, on Neil and Lois's relationship? I don't know why they didn't make the website, but Ravi and Ashley did. <laughs> Everybody's talking about the smashing new Genoa City couple, Ashley Abbott dating Ravi. Ooh, and he was, and everybody seems to agree that he is total hunk material so um i mean even abby abby gave ashley her blessing this week saying hey if if you guys look cute if if ravi makes you happy then go for it um and i you know i kind of am feeling that way too at this point uh you know ravi he wants so badly to make himself a match for Ashley rather than just accepting who he is and letting it develop naturally if it's going to. Phyllis is involved in all of this. She's friends with Ravi. She wants to be a, 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 a making a love connection, helping him make a love connection. So she takes him out to have a makeover. So if you if you are capable of looking great in a suit, then why do you walk around here in a t-shirt and jeans? So she takes him off and we get this adorable sequence where Ravi's trying on all different styles of outfits and, and, and uh, <laughs> Phyllis is giving him him his ribbons and raspberries <laughs> I mean I, I loved that sequence I thought it was adorable it was a fun fun scene but I kept thinking you know what Ravi shouldn't have to change himself to be with Ashley if he feels good in his t-shirt and jeans and that's what he's comfortable with then he should wear his t-shirt and jeans I mean if being in a suit and getting a little bit of a makeover gives Ravi a confidence boost then that's great I mean I'm all for it but he's cute and fun and spunky just the way he is Ravi's perfect the way he is and if Ashley goes for it fine but you shouldn't have to change yourself to be with anybody I'm sure Phyllis, I mean, Phyllis's heart was in the right place. Uh, she turns around and she blasts Ashley for giving Ravi mixed signals. He comes in with his new suit looking all dapper, but she's so busy that she doesn't even look up to, to see him. She's preparing for this conference in New York. She's typing away on her computer. She barely notices him at all, so he walks away disappointed. Phyllis realizes that he has been dashed. His All of his efforts all of her efforts are just you know going upon blind eyes so Phyllis walks in there and tries to have a frank conversation with Ashley that I appreciated I thought it was it was um you know I mean it's so it is a little bit grade school in a way um that that Phil, that they would be getting involved in romantic stuff and that Phyllis would say that to her it's, it was inappropriate in terms of a business environment but I think it needed to be said overall I don't think Ashley uh was doing was ignoring Ravi on purpose obviously uh, I think that she she's going through a journey of her own personally and professionally but she does ultimately go and, and find Ravi and she takes Phyllis's advice and she realizes that she has to go one way or the other if she has to either stop what's going on with Ravi or actually proceed and be open to it and give it a chance then she's going to be open to it and give it a chance she invites Ravi to come with her to New York City 
party. And on top of it, she gets Met tickets. She's going to take him to the opera there. She wants to recreate the magic that they had in the Genoa City uh, opera. So they're going to have, he's going to go with her to the conference. They're going to have a little date night. It's like, it's developing. I think it's, I, I do like it. I'm okay with it. I also, in the, um, current issue of Soaps in Depth, Eileen Davidson had, I think it's the current issue, she had commented on the fact that Ashley was, or she didn't, like, I don't know if it was the time that she was giving the interview, but Eileen Davidson was saying that that Ashley was not going to go for it. So I think maybe the viewer reaction uh, to this story is is driving it, because uh, Eileen Davidson said something to the fact of that, you know, that Ashley just didn't see them as a pair, the age difference is too much. I mean, her comments were leading me to believe that, uh, that there was that she didn't think the relationship was going to proceed. But uh, maybe, uh, maybe people reacting to Ravi and liking him and wanting him to get the girl is is going to make it happen. I couldn't help noticing that Ashley was having a little bit of trouble booking her room in New York City. Um, it seems like there are a lot of people there for this conference, and you know, hotel space can get limited. And this was all going on before she invited Ravi to come along with her. So, hmm, limited hotel space. Ravi coming along now. Um, I bet these two are going to have no choice but to bunk together for the night. If you want to play with fire, let's light it up. <laughs> I love that line. It was Hillary during last week's sex session, naked sexy sex session <laughs> between Hillary and Jordan. Uh, he had suggested um, doing doing a little bit of a naked photo shoot, and she said, fine, you want to play with fire? Let's light it up. <laughs> that was a good line, and a lot of people got that one right. 13 of you, in fact. So I'm going to read your names here real quick and give you your congratulations. Sandra, Henry, John, Christopher, Heather, Cheyenne, Kathy, Susan, Gina, Nancy, Consuela, Ellen, Sharita, and Ambreen. Well done, you guys. You all got that one right. I liked the li this line from this week's show, too. So you tell me if you know who said this. I could never be a zookeeper. <laughs> I don't think I could either. Uh, but you tell me who you think said, I could never be a zookeeper. Go to yrchat.com to leave your guess. And if you get it right, your name will be on that list next week. All right. And if, if you left me a good comment this past week, then you're going to see your name on this comments list for this week. So Zooperplex at YRChat.com says, instead of having Phyllis go Pygmalion-like on Ravi, she should have deflowered him right then and there. <laughs> I don't know why, but I laughed out loud just at the, the notion of Phyllis deflowering Robbie. <laughs> it's actually, you make a good point, though, Superplex. I mean, Phyllis is, she's a, a, a hot pot of sexiness all on her own. She probably could have hopped on Robbie and, as you say, deflowered him, and that would have got back, at, that would have helped her get back at Ashley, would have maybe get, gotten her a little bit of revenge on Jack. I mean, it's, I think we're, see, we must be seeing a new day of 
of Phyllis, I suppose. She's trying to be a nice girl now after being a bad girl. But I think, I don't know, maybe maybe bad girl Phyllis is a little more fun. Um, oh, Gary left me a voicemail this week. And I'm so glad that you mentioned this because I, I would have brushed right past it. But Gary says, is this the first time we've heard about Summer going out on a world tour? Um... You know what? Summer kind of disappeared unceremoniously, didn't she? Uh, they had Nick and Phyllis had mentioned that they were giving her a vacation as a birthday present, and then we never heard from her again. Summer's just gone. I, I think that now YNR is maybe extending it. All of a sudden, it's a, the trip is a little bigger than it was before. But I'm I'm assuming that the actress is on recurring status. They maybe just didn't have much. To to do with her. I don't feel super sad about that because I, I don't think YNR really quite has nailed it with the character of Summer yet. She hasn't she hasn't done much but get duped by men. So uh, maybe they need, maybe we need a break. Maybe we need a retooling and bring her back uh, when we have something exciting to do with her. Gary, I also am so glad that you mentioned uh, Mariah's comments about Chloe Chloe, after Chloe ran upstairs and everyone is down in the Chancellor living room wondering what happened to her. Why did she just run away? Mariah makes this wonderful, wonderful comment where she is disparaging Chloe, saying that Chloe always ends up hurting Kevin uh, and, and Kevin needs to get over her shtick, uh, call, calling, um, calling Chloe Kevin's manic pixie dream girl. That line was spot on. And when I heard Mariah say it, I thought to myself, I don't think I have ever heard a better summary of Chloe, <laughs> the character, in my entire life. That, it, it just, it was absolutely perfect. And Mariah said it, and I let it wash over me, and I thought about that line later on uh, in the in the evening, and I thought, and I didn't write it down, though, was the thing that ticked me off, because I couldn't remember exactly how she phrased it but dang it was perfect phrasing and then Gary uh, you called back and, and you you quoted it for me manic pixie dream girl uh, I was gonna have to go back and, and, and watch the episode to find that line so I'm glad you mentioned it but I mean isn't that just perfect I the writing is really good on the show right now and the acting too Lot Fally uh, left me a comment at whyourchat.com saying I've never been a big fan of the Chloe character but I think that Elizabeth Hendrickson has done a swell job covering the emotional waterfront uh, in the role this week for from giddy anticipation over her wedding to an inebriated uh, partier to her breakdown at the wedding. Lot Fally, yes. I mean, can we give a round of applause to the actress at least? I think that, you know, I'm, I'm so curious to see the poll results this week. Do you guys want to continue to see Chloe, the character of Chloe on YNR? Because however we feel about the character, the, you cannot deny the actress really took us there this week. And, you know, while we're at it 
I was very impressed with Melissa Claire Egan, Chelsea, um, just the, the, the subtle facial expressions that she was giving us this week were very meaningful. Um, everybody really has done a great job. I, I enjoyed Gloria this week and her snarkiness. Um, I thought Esther was, it was very relatable this week. Um, I mean, and, and, uh, and probably most of all, Kevin, I, I, I want more only from Kevin. I hope that next week we really get to dig into him and his character and how he feels about this and what what's Kevin's next move going to be. But yes, absolutely. I mean, I, there's nobody that I thought did a bad job this week. I mean, it's Rhett's, it's Emmys for everyone this week. <laughs> oh, Connor. Love me some voicemails this week, but boy, you sure nailed it on, uh, on the website here at yrchat.com. Connor says, so Chloe steals Billy's sperm, has a child without his knowledge, gets busted for murder, skips town, and leaves the child she so desperately wanted. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, perfect. I want to put a little bow on that comment, Connor. Uh, I mean, that's everything. That's everything right there. It doesn't necessarily make sense character-wise that she would not have taken Bella with her at the very least. Um, I don't know if it was that same notion of don't want to take the child uh, on a to, to be on the run forever, but uh, Chelsea and Adam were going to do it. They were going to take uh, Connor and they were going to skip town and Chloe didn't think of about taking Bella with her. She just ditches the kid after she went to so much trouble to have this kid in the first place and knowing that Bella means almost everything to her. Bella is like, she's a very close second second to getting, I think, revenge on Adam. I think we're seeing that revenge on Adam was what meant most to Chloe. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's not exactly character consistent. I love that point. Um, Ellen at yrchat.com says, what about Father Todd telling Esther that she's a good woman and a decent mother? Huh? decent mother? What's that supposed to mean? Is Chloe mentally ill? Evil? Or is he saying that Esther's parenting was somehow lacking? Ellen, I'm glad you zeroed in on Father Todd because I, I don't know why... Oh, I know why YNR chose to have him there. He is a legacy character. They are trying to bring, I think, us the history of the show, bringing us people we haven't seen in a while. And on top of it all, he uh, was Gene, he, he's, he's Gene Cooper's son. Um, and I think that they probably were trying to give us a little bit of a treat. But I have to be honest with you, and I feel bad for saying this. I just never have felt very connected to Father Todd. I mean, he's been there throughout the years. He's Paul's brother. But for the most part, I kind of feel like, whatever, Father Todd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. But yeah, and it was weird. The scene on the stairs with Esther where he's trying to comfort her. I it, it definitely felt like a confessional moment, like they should have been doing that in church or something. But more than, you know what I really think it was, Ellen, is just that they were trying to work in something for Father Todd. I mean, I don't know why he was the one to run up to uh, Chloe, Chloe's dressing room after she ran upstairs. I mean, I, I, it made sense, I guess. That he wants to help and whatever, but... I mean, for the most part, I think that Weinar was just kind of trying to find ways to work him in, and I'm not exactly sure it was successful. 
Oh, Jamie left me a voicemail this week and says, so is, is this supposed to be closure for Adam's character or is it a red herring? Is there any chance that Adam is going to come back to the, to the show at the end of this? I want I love this question, Jamie, and I want to toss it out to the crowd too because what is a scenario where Adam is still alive and could come back? So if we're writing this story and we want Adam to come back and we want it all, we want him to be alive and to come back onto the show, how do we do that? Because I, I don't know if YNR is going to, I don't, I don't know that they could keep it a secret if they had cast somebody. Maybe they can. I don't know. And it's possible they have some amazing new actor waiting in the wings. Uh, but I, I, I kind of don't think so. I, I, I kind of don't think that they're going to do it. I feel like maybe they're going to let this story rest where it is for at least uh, a, a little longer until they can find somebody to replace. Everyone associated with the show has said, no, we're not bringing back Adam, but I want it. So, so let's dream up a scenario where Adam is still alive. I mean, the only thing I could think of is possibly that, and I would actually not mind this at all, if, uh, if Victor helped Adam escape the cabin before it exploded, and now uh, he is helping Adam stay hidden while uh, while while Chelsea is, I guess, raising Connor. He maybe didn't want to drag them onto a life of being on the run, but I also can't imagine that Adam would be okay knowing that, uh, that, uh, that Chelsea's having a relationship with Nick. I think that would draw him out of the shadows uh, unless Adam doesn't know about it. Is it possible Adam could be being held hostage somewhere? I don't know. Let's. I, I, I feel like, um, you know, uh, several years ago, I know every, there was always seemed to be people popping up talking about wanting Drusilla to come back to the show. And I always thought to myself, it just is not going to happen by now. I mean, uh, Justin had mentioned last week that it's been 10 years since Drew was on the show. And it's just, it over the years, it just seemed obvious that YNR wasn't going to go for it. So I don't I don't want to be one of those fans that's always talking about the return of Adam as, this, as if he's, you know, as if it's Easter and, you know, Adam's going to rise again or something. I, I, I don't, I'm, I don't want that. Um, I, I, I would like to see him come back, but maybe the writing's on the wall and he's not. But let's fantasize uh, a, a way that Adam could come back uh, to the show. That would be good. Um, Katie on Facebook says, I would love this revelation about Chloe to become a beautiful rivalry between her and Chelsea, like Jill and Catherine, but backwards, best friends turned enemies. Yes. <laughs> yes, Katie. That would be good. I wanted I want Chloe to stay on the show. I think that I was I was just so very impressed with the way that the um two actresses played off of each other. It was a great confrontation. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea is such a nice girl that I like seeing this drawing out a little bit of 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 seediness from from Chelsea. I like getting a little more dimension in her character. She's too nice lately. So, keeping Chloe around would give uh, Chelsea maybe a reason to get a little bit underhanded. That's a good idea. Oh, and let's wrap up here with Anna. She had a cup. She had a fashion faux pas for me <laughs> this week. She did not like, did not appreciate Kevin's yellow rose boutonniere. I agree with you, Anna. It's so funny because I love yellow roses. I love roses, and yellow is my favorite color. And I, I sometimes I just have them. Uh, but I, there's something about it. It was like big and chunky, and it just looked weird. I agree. I give a, I give a raspberries to to Kevin's yellow rose boutonniere. But at 
Anna says in the Nikki and Victor flashback, Nikki looks better now than she did before. Yes! <laughs> I so completely agree. That flashback was such a treat. And it's like they're digging into the archives and giving us ones that we haven't seen in a while. YNR will sometimes just give us the same flashbacks over and over until you don't feel it anymore. But I don't remember seeing the pearl um, in the oysters. I like I like that she was like, do I have to eat the last one, Victor? And he's like, yes. Yes, you will eat every oyster on that plate. <laughs> and she looks in there and finds a pearl ring. It was adorable. And, and yes, Mel Melody Thomas-Scott, absolutely. She looks better today than she did in that flashback. Her voice is also so different. I wonder why that is. Um, I don't know, but I thought that was such a treat. I totally agree. I'm going to give Kevin gets my uh, raspberries there. Nikki's going to get my ribbon <laughs> for just being overall gloriously more beautiful today uh, than she was. How long ago was that? I mean, what, 35, probably 30 years ago for crying out loud. Uh, so that so that was that was a nice little treat. I agree. And that wraps up another week of YNR for us. But we have a whole another week ahead of us that I'm excited about. I want to get your comments. Tell me what you thought about this week's show. Tell me what you're thinking about next week's show as it happens. YRChat.com is the website where you can leave comments all over the blog, see all of the extra stuff. I keep meaning to mention that I still have Genoa City Soap. If you want to go to Genoa citysoap.com and check out the beautiful soap bars that are YNR inspired that I still have um, and I would love to send to you uh, and I would love to make more. I need to make time <laughs> and make more. But if you guys are still interested in the soap bars, go to the website, let me know um, and leave me your comments. You can also call into my voicemail at 309-588-4569. Do, do Facebook, do YouTube, Whatever works for you works for me. I like hearing from you. So I will look forward to your comments and I will see you next week. Okay, bye.